Bam 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 I know. I brought two pieces of fruit just in case your stomach started going. I love that you did that, everybody. (laughs) Welcome. This is Go Help Yourself. No, we're keeping it in the intro. We're keeping it. Hi, everybody. (laughs) That's Misty Stinnett. She's amazing. I'm Lisa Lisa Linky. Linky. I'm amazing. And this is Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suffless. That's it. To make life suffless. You can tell it's really helping us. Each week, we read and review a popular self-help book, and then we come here and share it with you. We share the tips, the tricks, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the highs, the lows, the picks, the pans. We tell you everything you've ever wanted to know and all the things you, you were afraid do to not ask. Want- <laughs> <laughs> we do this in service of you so that if you were interested in buying the book or supporting mm-hmm. the author and you like what you hear, you can go ahead and do so because we can't cover it all in an and hour. And we have an incessant need to just pile on all the knowledge that you need to process. That feels very personal from you. It does. Likewise, if you're hearing what we're saying and it's not really resonating with you or if we're warning you that this is a literal dumpster fire. (laughs) Sometimes the dumpster fires are fun, though. (laughs) They are. Um, Then don't buy the book, right? And tell everybody else you know to not buy the book. vote with your money. Thank you. Vote with your dollar and your feet. Um, Vote with your feet? mm -hmm, Like, go somewhere, right? Like, get out of a, a state. No, I like this idea that like anytime you have a strong opinion, you just cobra foot comes oh, up. I was thinking at the voter booth, like your toes are like. Oh, Pink. that too. You you get what we're saying. You we hear, don't have to you. clarify. We're very funny and we cuss a lot, and I think that that's that's it. Uh, we're here for you. And I burped. On Welcome your to journey. anyone who's here for the first time. Sometimes yeah. the intros are on point. Sometimes they're off the rails. The point is, just like the books, there's a variety. Oh, wow. I did not know where you were going with that. And I am je suis impressed. <laughs> je suis très impressed. Très, très impressed. Très, très impressed. So this week, everybody. Tell me. I'm bringing you the New York Times bestseller. Okay. Unfuck Yourself. Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life by Gary John Bishop. Now, Misty loves books with fuck in the title. You know, the first, the flagship book of this flagship podcast podcast was uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, uh, although I have gone from not being woo-woo at all to being woo, um, (laughs) I do like- I I don't know if you're full woo. You might just be woe. I'm a whoa. Oh. I hope that that read on the mic. Um, I like a no bullshit approach. I like practicality. I like lists. I like people telling me how it is. You're a non-Midwesterner. You're you're a non-Midwesterner Midwesterner. I like that about you. I don't know what that means. Oh, because I'm not from the Midwest, but I am like a Midwesterner. I agree. I'm from Florida. It feels like it's the north of the south. You get it. You track. Um, So... So this is actually the first book in a series of three of the Unfuck Yourself book series. I saw those when I went and visited Barnes and Nobles. Like, yes. Unfuck Yourself, Unfuck Your Life, Unfuck No, it, your it's like friend. Unfuck Yourself, 
get shit done and do the work. Or like do yourself, the work. Get shit done and go fuck someone. Go fuck someone because and then our fourth needs book. Go fuck yourself. Topics. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, so the hardcover is fifteen dollars and forty one cents. Mm-hmm. Paperback is five fifty nine. Ooh, thank Kin- you. It's Kindle? that kind of book. It's small. It it's like it, a smaller. It is small. Um, the Kindle's eleven ninety nine. The audiobook is fourteen dollars and thirty six cents or one credit, which is like fourteen ninety nine. Which we all know is my pet peeve. Why have the audiobook listed on Amazon for less than what a credit costs on Audible? Well, also, Amazon and Audible are kind of interchanged now. I think people can get They're the same companies. Mm -hmm. No, but that's the thing is I can't choose to buy the lower price book if I have an Audible account. Like, hi, Audible. It's your friend, Misty. A, sponsor us. B, get your shit together. Wow. I don't think we're going to get them as a sponsor now. (laughs) Audible, come at me. Was this published last year? Great question. Oh, I'm on it. You keep going. Keep telling us more about uh, it. Thank you. So while Lisa's looking that up, here's about the author. And this is an abbreviated version from what I found on the author's website, which is GaryJohnBishop.com. And I have to say, what you're about to hear is all very vague because when I searched, I could not find anything more specific. That sounds – that <clears throat> bodes well. Right? Okay. Gary John Bishop began his life journey in Glasgow, Scotland. Glasgow. Glasgow. The grit and wit of his early life have contributed to his tough love, in-your-face approach to coaching. Gary John Bishop is one of the leading personal development experts in the industry with a global reputation that has impacted tens of thousands of people worldwide. Mm-hmm. Do you hear how this is so vague? Yeah. He's a leading expert in the industry and has impacted a lot of people. This is like raising your vibrations. Kyle's great with angels. Remember that? Kyle has a sense about him that (laughs) no one would disagree with. (laughs) I want you to write my bio. Thank you. His urban philosophy approach represents a new wave of personal empowerment and life mastery that has caused miraculous results for the people in the quality and performances of their lives. That's some PR publicity bullshit right there. Where's the specifics? Let's go. Okay. It was published in 2017, FYI. Thank you. I knew it was a recent one, and then it was a trilogy, and it was like a... And if you're searching for it, it's spelled U-N-F-U-K because the C is a asterisk. Yeah, so it's U-N-F-U-K. That's how they're spelling it. Apostrophe K. Um, or asterisk, asterisk K. So just F-U-K. Yeah. Unfook yourself. When I upload this, I'm going to have to make an executive decision about that. I guess I should put the asterisk. Yeah. Because that's But if the you're title. searching, just search unfook. And, and fuck yourself. He's Scottish, right? He is Scottish, and he does read the audiobook. Oh, it's called this great. Oh, can you share that with me? It's miraculous. I love a Scottish Oh, voice. you're going to love this. Gary's experience in quick ascent to becoming a senior program director for one of the world's leading personal development organizations, which, which one, is proof that he is dedicated and committed to what is possible for every client and person he encounters. Okay. He doesn't claim perfection, Lisa. Okay. He's been through life and doesn't sugarcoat his folly. Okay. He uses his experience as both a human and a world-class coach. No. I use my experience as a human, meaning that I autonomously blink and breathe. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Mentor and coach people. You get it. That's how you know it's funny. People to raise the bar higher for what they once thought would be their greatest self. Okay. He calls it like it is while being influenced by ontology, phenomenology. What? I don't know. And the philosophy of some of the world's greatest thinkers. Gary is willing to say what needs to be said. Okay. His writing is a higher level experience and the benefits of his philosophies have touched lives worldwide. He's saying a lot about himself in this and I don't know if it all needs to be said. And then I wrote in bold at the bottom. Like what? What are... 
I oh, no, I'm sorry. Here's what I wrote at the bottom. Like, what? What are his credentials? <laughs> we, What's his degree? What? Here's what ontology means. It's the branch of metaphysics dealing with the nature of being. Yeah. And what was the other one? Ontology Phenomenology. And, well, I think we know what that is. Yeah, I don't think we need to say it. The science of phenomena as distinct for, from that of the nature of being. Ooh. What? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Phenomenology. The well, science... as a world-class life coach for an organization who's impacted someone along the way. <laughs> he tells it like it is. He says what needs to be said. And you know exactly what that is. Don't Life you? is abundant. You idiot. Okay. <laughs> okay. First impressions. So the cover is like a gray background yeah. with a hand with its palm facing outward. Yeah. With words like judgments, opinions, and excuses written in Sharpie on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually a very good looking book, I Yeah, it's, I was drawn to it. It's <laughs> mostly because it was a Scottish man who palming. wanted to unfuck me. To, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie John Bishop, I accept. Uh, it's 224 pages. Okay. The audiobook is three hours and 23 minutes. Oh, you loved this. Oh, I loved it. A Listen, Scottish three hours? Okay. Can't Hurt Me was like a 15-hour audiobook. So to have one that's three and a half. In that, Scottish? In, in Scottish. And it's kind of like a nice, like an accent like this. I'm downloading this right oh, now. Oh, my God. And if you listen to it on 1.25 or 1.5 <laughs> speed. Girl, you're in and out in about two hours and 15 minutes. I'll take in and out for two hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> she was not prepared for that. And yet, it's all I wanted to hear. Okay. Get ready. Okay. So when I first picked it up, I, uh, I really liked his voice. It's yeah. a nice thing to listen to. And regardless of the very vague credentials... I liked this book. <laughs> so, he says what needs to be said and people need to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. All and right. we all are going to do what needs to be done. I, I am now a member of ontology. <laughs> it sounds like oncology. <laughs> and it makes me so upset. But it's not. Okay. So I really like the structure of the book. Mm-hmm. He starts each chapter with a quote from like Aristotle, yep. Socrates, yep. Marcus Aurelius, a lot of very old men. Oh my god! Um, but it, but that's like <laughs> he's got he's all the greatest hits. He's got he all the greatest gets hits. Gets it. Uh, this is from the Reader's Digest and Time <laughs> Classics greatest hits of white men in history. Which old white men had something great to say? The answer may surprise you. <laughs> You're okay, welcome. keep going, keep going. Okay, but the quotes are really nice, and they're very uh, indicative of what the chapter's topic is about to be about. Um, so he starts each chapter with a quote, then gives you an affirmation or what he calls a self-assertion. Like, no. Yep, that you can say to yourself, and that's literally what the book's about. Great. So there are 10 chapters. 10 Number assertions. One, nope. The first one is in the beginning. Yes. And it's just like a preface. In the beginning, there was the word, and the word was the Lord. And the Lord said, get out there and boogie. <laughs> Were you ready is that a, the beginning? There, yeah. In the beginning, there's a word, or the beginning, there's light. Who knows? Was it the chicken or the God? Linda, Which one came first? Linda is rolling over in her bed right now. <laughs> With delight. Hi, Linda. Um, okay, so then the next, like, Six chapters yes. are all self-assertions. Okay. So the first one is I am willing. Yes, I am. Uh, the next one, I am wired to win. This is the this is the menu at Cafe Gratitude. Yep. Oh, God damn it. There's a place in LA called Cafe Gratitude, and it's like all vegan and organic and plant-based, but every dish is called like, I am grateful. I am light. I am kindred. I am wor- I'm worthy. Uh, yes. So you're like, so, I'll you, have, you I am worthy. No, no, no. You can't even say, I'll have, I am worthy. They're like, no, it's, I am worthy. So I, you, I you go up and you're like, that. hi, my name's Lisa. 
I am worthy. I refuse. And they're like, would you like that? Those kelp noodles warmed up? I know. I go, in the I am worthy, can I get this? Yeah. Because I'm worthy enough. Thank you. And also, I don't go there. Anyway, Cafe Someone Gratitude. That that was through Scientology. I have no idea, but it's more like cafe attitude. Burn. You're welcome. Okay. So number four is I got this. Number five is I embrace the uncertainty. And by the way, all these chapter titles, because for the self-assertions, are in quotes. Oh. So I am not my thoughts. I am what I do. <laughs> so number it's seven, like, I am what I do. No, stop it. Seven is I am relentless. Eight is I expect nothing and accept everything. Sure, sure. Ten we're out of the self-assertions, and it's where next. Or uh, sorry, nine, nine is where next, yeah. and ten is about the author. Great, let's hear it. So I'm just gonna. I love give... that he waits till the very end. Yeah, about the author. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. I would have preferred that either on um, up front or. Is that like yeah. a whole chapter? I honestly, I don't remember. Okay. I was in this book a few weeks ago okay. and took notes. I'm with you. You know what? We'll we'll take it out. And then post. life happened and I was like, I can't. Sometimes people are like, so do you remember that thing you said about that self-help book? And I'm like, oh, you mean 75 episodes ago? Yeah, no, no, I don't. But I can, you can go back and listen to it. Yeah. But we, everyone who's listening, we expect all of you to remember everything we ever say. <laughs> okay. Roger, get in here. Get, or we're going to make you wear the dump cap. D- Tell me dump. what I said in episode 34. I said dump cat. The dump cap? But I said, all right, I heard dump cat. I'm dunce cap. I have not made Lisa laugh this hard in a long time. Sam, I'm feeling quite proud. Are you having fun? Yeah. No, he's not. He's like, could you we ladies just okay. get to the review? So you can listen to the entirety of this book in three and a half hours, right? <laughs> I'm going to give you a couple quick sentences about each chapter. Yes. It's an overview. It might be too much of a simplification, but let's see what happens. I feel like it's probably going to be pretty on par with what's happening Great. in the book. Chapter one, in the beginning, he starts with a big quote on the first page. It says, this is a conversational slap from the universe. <laughs> you cannot stop. To, to wake up to your true potential, to unfook yourself and get spectacularly into your life. I'm never doing that again. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. Um, You know when this comes out, I'm going to rewind that twice. I love it. This is so appropriate from our last mini-sode. Yes. He dives right into how language changes our lives. Yes. So that's what the whole basis of this book is on, is about self-talk and how the quality of our thoughts affects the quality of our lives. Not in a law of attraction way. If you have a bad thought, you're going to break your leg. That's exactly it. No, fuck that. That's not that at all. Unfuck it. Unfuck it. It's more about if we're going through life being like, I'm not worthy, everything is against me, blah, 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 versus something a lot more practical. This book is extremely practical versus Mm. I've handled tough situations before. I will find a way through this. Okay. Right? It affects the quality of life. Yeah. How scared you get, how empowered you feel, you know, how positive you are, et cetera. So I really like that. So how language changes our lives. The way we talk doesn't only affect us in the moment. It can seep into our subconscious and become internalized, changing our thoughts and behavior in the long term. Yes. In real everyday terms, the way we talk to ourselves and others instantly shapes how we perceive life and that that same perception directly impacts our behavior right there in the moment. Mm -hmm. If you're sometimes talking about how unfair life is, you'll start to act according to that view. The person who views success as if it were just around the corner will not only work their butt off to achieve it, but be energized and alive to it and all the while acting on that fundamental view of success. I love that. Quick question so we don't cover it later. Yep. Does he address any kind of institutional 
He does. Okay, so that when he says it like that, it kind of doesn't, right? Yes, he. But it's so. It was so interesting when he said it, because he was like, "Here's the thing: all we can ever control is how we react to situations." That's true. And he was like, "So if you are oppressed, if you are marginalized, if you are disabled, etc., you still have the power to keep trying again. It doesn't mean that I your barriers that. are not going to be great Does or greater." Does he acknowledge his privilege as he says it? Um, I know okay. he doesn't, he doesn't say like, I come from a privileged perspective, but yeah. Cause that's different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It is, it is different. All right. But it's, it's interesting because I, I want to, there's some cognitive dissonance there yes. for me because I want to go, but no, when racist oppressive systems really are working against you in every fact, if you can't get a loan, if you can't, you're discriminated against at work, if you feel unsafe getting to work, you know, like all of these things. And at the same time, what he's, he's saying is true, true, which is like, okay, but it is your choice to be relentless and keep trying. I think the cognitive dissonance for me would be softened if he were to at least acknowledge his privilege as he said it. Yeah, sure. Kind of like a do as I say, but you can't do as I do because I, 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 I right. come from immense privilege being a white male. What? Yes. What he says a lot, yes, that would have been really nice. What he says a lot is like that he's coached thousands of people mm-hmm. or like he sort of, it almost sounds like he was a therapist although who can know his credentials well we'll right? find out in chapter 10 <laughs> chapter 10 <laughs> the answer may surprise you <laughs> i have a um, feeling it's not gonna no 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 um but he does say like here's something i've seen yeah in yeah. many of my clients i so don't disagree yeah. yeah um so that was that was interesting to have that covered yeah um so retrain your brain one word at a time so Ooh, this is yes. the foundation of the book All this talk about our subconscious isn't just a bunch of psychobabble. Scientists have discovered that our thoughts can actually change the physical structure of our brain. And he does cite studies. We know this. Yes. So there there is this idea of assertive versus narrative self-talk. Yes. How the heck does – so he starts to say our thoughts create our reality, which sounds law of attraction-y, but then he Mm -hmm. walks back from that. How the heck does one create their own reality? Assertive self-talk is when you stake a claim for this moment of time right here and now. When you start to talk in in terms of I am or I embrace or I accept or I assert, all of which are powerful and commanding uses of language – um, rather than the narrative of I will mm. or I'm going to. Mm-hmm. So this kind of well, reminded— it's almost like growth mindset, right? Yes. This kind of reminded me of um, the five-second rule. Yeah. So as opposed to saying I am going to—I'm uh, training for a 15K right now because that terrifies me. Mm-hmm. That distance terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And running is such a mood booster and like depression fighter for me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to have a stretch goal mm-hmm. that I could really run for. So as opposed to me going, I am going to run a 5K or I am going to be a person who runs. If I say, I am a runner, I am a person who runs. Like it's like sort an of, atomic habits we talked about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So so one is like in the future and one is active right now. So mm-hmm. I liked that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the very first uh, uh, assertive self assertion is I am willing. So he says, stop blaming luck, stop blaming other people, stop pointing to outside influences or circumstances. You have the life you're willing to put up with, which is the conversation we just had. I am willing. Yeah, yeah, you seem willing. I am, I'm very willing. You seem a little too willing. No, don't, don't, Um, don't slut shame. (laughs) Thank you, I will never. We did, we just had this conversation. That conversation of like, yes, factors 
are working against you. If you're not a if you're not a rich white man, chances are you've got some things mm-hmm. working against what you. What are you willing to do in the in the circumstances that you find yourself exactly, in? Exactly, exactly. And and what he basically says is like, do you hate your job? Are you in a bad relationship? Is there something wrong with your health? I mean, which is a tricky statement to say, but fine, get a new job and the relationship. Get a new health. Step, get a new health. Thank you. <laughs> um, so it, this is where he talks a lot about how we all have the life we're willing to put up with. In some ways, and you've got to consider the external factors that come your way, like systemic oppression. This is so interesting, this book coming on the heels of... Amanda Seals, yeah. small doses. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But in some way, if you give up, you are saying, okay, I've got the life I'm willing to tolerate. Like if you're in a bad relationship, but here's the thing, right? If you have no financial viability, et cetera, you can't necessarily like leave a relationship if it's going to make you homeless yes. or you've got kids. And I am, I am not willing to be oppressed as a woman. Yes. Structurally. Yeah, right. Societally. Right. But I am. Yes. Right, in some ways. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then it becomes this debate of like, okay. Individual versus culture. Yeah. So it's it's like, okay, so if you're experiencing that in all walks of life, but you continue to go to that job or you continue to work with those people, then you're – he might say – that's the life you're willing to put up with. And if you're not willing, start your own business where you're the fucking boss. But – but so so this book – here's the thing. If you take it at face value, it seems super practical. Yeah. It seems it's applicable. It's just that simple. It, yes. But when you start getting a little bit deeper, you go, well, wait a second. If I had the capital and the privilege yeah. and could start my own business. If I lived in a country risk. that had socialized health care, I might be able to just start my own job because yes. I'm not dependent on my own job for health care. Thank you. And for my family. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's this binary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we'll. I'm just going to go ahead and answer a question that we're going to ask at the end of the yes, book please. anyway, which is um, like what did the author – Get, get right, and what oh, did right. they mm-hmm. get wrong, right? Or like, who is this book perfect yes, for? Yes, yes. Somebody who's got some privilege. Yes, it, this could be a very this powerful is a Jen Sincero <clears throat> approach. You are a badass. Yeah, and at the same time, there's a lot of practical nuggets. I love of that. wisdom and self assertion. So it's this. Interesting... So she's more woo woo, and he's more practical, Patty, in that sense. Yeah. Okay. Great. And also, I think his value systems are much more in line with mine Great. versus like you need to be thin in a relationship yep, or right. rich, buy that Audi and put yourself in a debt and see what happens. Like <laughs> You are never going to forgive never... that. Jensen Chero, lean in close. I'm so fucking mad at you. And come on the podcast. You guys, I love getting Mitzi to talk about that. No, I think you're absolutely right. I yeah. think this is a, that's a great distinction. And, and you know, listen, every book isn't for everybody. And yeah. books from different perspectives right. and hermeneutical lenses yes. make better sense to some people than others. Right. But if you are a person who can prop themselves up financially and you are dating someone for a few years and it is a situation where, like, leaving them wouldn't crush your life or put you in dire circumstances, et cetera – and you're not in a happy relationship, except that you're in the relationship you're willing to be in. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if it's scary. So that's interesting. Interesting. So um, circumstances don't make the man. They only reveal him to himself. Circumstances <clears throat> don't make the man. They only reveal him to himself. And this is a this is a writing thing, right? Yeah. 
anytime you watch um, an amazing, like, marvelous Mrs. Maisel, what happens when her husband cheats on her Spoiler and leaves alert. her in the pilot? Spoiler it's alert. It's the pilot. It's season three, people. Yeah. Um, how does she, how how does does she, she react? react? Right? You're so, right. So, yeah. So that's the idea. Although that quote is about men, not women. Just kidding. I couldn't help myself. Am I willing to go to the gym? Yes. Am I willing to work on that project I've been putting off? Am I willing to face my social fears? Am I willing to ask for a ways a ways or quit the shitty job? So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say what you just said is a little. Yeah. Am I thin? Am I in a relationship? Am I making money? Uh, you're right, but he does talk a lot about like procrastination sure. and like other sort yeah. of goals. Yeah. Um, also what I really liked about this first chapter is he says, look, a lot of us vaguely say we want to be crazy successful. We want to make a million dollars a year or have whatever number in the bank, et cetera. But you have to really ask yourself, are you willing to work 24 seven? Are you willing to not spend comfortable nights at home with your family and your kids to get there and to get really honest about what you're actually willing to do. This is why the vast majority of people choose to eat foods they love and be with the people they love and have an easier life rather than, right, go to the gym eight hours a day to get a sick bod and like be a a business CEO because you have to be honest about what you're actually willing to do. So getting in touch with that and going, you know what I do value my my family life. life. Yeah. I like that I have time for my family and that I wouldn't give up the two hours with my kids in the afternoon to go to gym. And he does not condone one One way or the the other. other. I love that. He just says get in touch with what you actually want and decide what you're willing to do. That's great. So I thought that was really practical and powerful. So chart your path. One of the beautiful things about really taking a hard look at your life and goals is that doing so forces you to reevaluate the path that leads to them. Mm. Plant your flag. When you start to view the world through the lens of what you're willing and unwilling to pursue rather than what it seems you want and don't want, which mm-hmm. we just talked about, mm-hmm. things start to become a lot clearer. Chapter three, I am wired to win. So he talks about our brain and how it's always winning. Mm -hmm. Even if you think... Look at Charlie Sheen. (laughs) Thank you. I am wired to chicken dinner. Uh, That didn't quite work. I took a stab. So great. (laughs) So... Even if you are in a cycle of like, I can't re- meet the right person. So he's always looking for the win. Yes. Yeah, so he uses um, the analogy of a relationship, but says you can apply this to any area of your life where you're stuck in a cycle. Great. You keep dating, it keeps falling apart at a certain point. You just think, I can't find the one that's for me, et cetera, et cetera. And it seems like you're failing over and over. He goes, Your brain's actually winning. Yeah. Right? Because it's that familiarity bias. Like, you know what's it coming. It is. Mm-hmm. So he cites a research study where it was determined that 95% of our actions throughout the day are governed by our subconscious, which is bananas. Because when you think, oh shit, only 5% of what I'm doing is. I'm curious about that study, but continue. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, but just conveying the author's message. I'm with you. I'm with you. When you think about that and you your brain is always winning. So so in the relationship analogy, you might have a subconscious belief, I'm never going to find anybody who truly loves me that like came in through childhood. Yeah. Your brain's going to keep 
subconsciously picking partners that will make that narrative true. Or or I'm never going to be good enough to get that project. I'll never be successful. You are going to subconsciously be attracted to things or self-sabotage, that sort of thing. So this is all about the the subconscious. He says, the truth of it is you are winning at the life you have. The path you follow through life is the one dictated by your deepest, most inconspicuous thoughts. Your brain is constantly pushing you along that path, whether it's the one you would consciously choose to take or not. He says, you always win at the game you're playing. Stuck in a shitty relationship, you seem to only mate with this kind of boy or girl, overwhelmed by too many tasks at work. Maybe you're winning at the game of not being able to say no. Whatever it is, you always have a choice to change the game. Um, To succeed, you'd have to prove these firmly held beliefs wrong. And that's terrifying for your brain. Yeah, I think another way of saying it is that you're winning at avoiding change. Yes, but you can't change until you change these fundamentally rooted subconscious beliefs, right? Yeah, well, Which is, is like terrifying. a terrifying and huge. But we also yeah. know that like that familiarity bias, like we will rather stay at something that might be harder or difficult just because it's familiar than the unknown. Yes. Because change is terrifying and it's difficult and it's hard and yes. humans avoid it. Yes. And so a lot of what he talks about, and I might be skipping ahead, is – that's a really fucking hard thing to do, mm-hmm. to change a subconscious. But first, you'd have to identify it. Mm-hmm. Um, he says one of the biggest subconscious thoughts people have that then plays out negatively in their life is um, people wanting to subconsciously prove that their parents did a bad job raising them, did a bad job preparing them for the world. And that manifests in like debt ballooning, taking bad jobs, drug addiction. He says it's one of the major, major things that he sees. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm not a psychotherapist, but it's inter- it's it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So he talks about, so how the fuck do you go about changing a subconscious pattern? And the answer is action. You just do one small thing. And, and uh, for instance, like you just once don't procrastinate or you send that book idea you, into your publisher. This sounds a lot like 12-step. <clears throat> like you act as if. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know the 12-step program. Um, but yeah, until you really do sort of prove to yourself slowly over time and it takes a long time that you are this person. So before I was getting hired to professionally write things, there was this weird transitional period where I really wanted to be a writer and I was writing, but I didn't really believe it. And I'd go into meetings and I'd say, oh, I'm a writer, you know, and it wasn't until like a year of taking meetings and really writing a lot that I went, oh, I'm a writer and I get it. But I felt like a fraud for a long time. Sure. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a writer and I'll write anything and let's do this and let's work on this pitch and it's fine. Yeah. But it took a long time to switch that script for me. Yeah. Uh, Chapter four, I got this. Everyone has their problems and life isn't always perfect. It never will be. The thing is, the negative experiences we have rarely stay contained to, oh, I'm sorry. This is a weird quote to say without saying, whatever your problems are now, Mm -hmm. remember that you you have solved problems in the past. You've had obstacles. Like, this is what I like about this book is it's not, I got this, positive thinking mumbo jumbo. He's like, no, think back to really scary problems you had. Yeah. Maybe when you were in high school, you got a D on a math test. That, that felt like a really huge scary. problem. Yeah. Maybe uh, – Nobody may- invited you to prom. Yes. Or uh, someone you you love passed away or you got broken up with or you got evicted. Like You just, zipped your balls into your zipper. It's painful, right? Especially when the hairs get caught. It's you terrible. You get it. Um, 
So just remembering and going back and remembering the negative emotions in yes. that and that you have survived this before. You've survived. And he also says you can go back and really try to deeply remember beautiful experiences in your life, like mm. the amazing Disney vacation you went on or maybe mm-hmm. the one you took a couple years ago, mm-hmm. how good it felt to be eating Dole Whip getting your small world. Getting your balls unstuck from the zipper. And like that soothing like peppermint cream you put on them afterwards. Oh, yes. I don't know about that. Yes. I don't know. I'm trying to guess, and I know you're doing great. I was um, just thinking like, Because peppermint. that can give you a well of, like a swell of like, calming things. Confidence. And confidence. I love that. Because he was like, I'm not about to tell you something that's going to make you pull your hair out, which is that everything's going to be fine. It might not be fine. But know that you survived. I love that. I love that. So that's that self-assertion. I am capable. I'm a survivor. Yes. Looking to the future. In in this life, you'll sometimes have to do things you don't want to do with people you don't like and in places you don't care for. It's called sex. Oh, yeah. I'll say. People will leave your life as quickly and as easily as they came into it. You'll lose money, things will break, and your dog will die. But you'll get through it all, the good and the bad, just like you did in the past. Mm -hmm. You'll stand there like the champion you are because they're all just yet another passing scene in the movie that is your life's story. Face your problems as they come, one by one. Often the reason you can't see the solution is because you're too close to the problem. Zoom out a little, zoom out a lot, and look at the big picture. So he goes more into depth than that. Okay. Um, I don't like that he told me my dog will die. I know that. I know. I didn't mean to look you deeply in the eyes when I said it either. That was fine. It was the grabbing of my face and pulling me forward so that our noses and and foreheads were touching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That I didn't need. So he just says, you can handle this. It's not going to kill you. Your life isn't over. Okay. You've got plenty more left in the tank. Thank you. Plenty. Thank you. Look at your track record. Okay. You've really got this. You'll make it work just like you always have. I will. I will. Uh, Chapter five, I embrace the uncertainty. I embrace the uncertainty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uncertainty is where new happens. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. So you strive for certainty because of evolutionary reasons, the need to be safe. Mm-hmm. Today, this ancient survival instinct can have a negative effect. Okay. The desire for safety stands against every great and noble enterprise. He's saying a lot of things that need to be said right here. And we're going to do what He's needs to be He's telling people what needs done. to be told. And we're going to sing what needs to be sung. (laughs) So you're an addict. You have a gnawing craving, and that craving is for prediction. Will it rain tomorrow? How will my stock perform? Who will win the Super Bowl? You're constantly looking ahead, trying to figure out what's going to happen before it actually does. Yeah. Just so you know, during those, like, prediction things, Misty was truly acting. She was doing her best Sandra Bernhardt. She was like, my pearls and my forehead, my hand on my forehead. (laughs) How will my stock perform? (laughs) It was great. So a paradigm of potential. When you stick to what you're comfortable with, doing the same things you've always done, you're in effect living in the past, not moving forward. Okay, but time is a construct. Doesn't he know that? Have you seen Arrival? Mm -hmm. Success is never certain. It never comes without risk. The worst decision is to not make a decision. Oh, yeah. Linda Linky needs to hear this. She's listening. (laughs) Linda. I think she stopped. I think she's... Putting on pause. I is think she's she, like hit she, her fill of self-help. I'm sorry. Is she the review that was like, I can't make it all the way to the end? <laughs> Probably. 
Although but it was there's on good Stitcher. Stuff up front. That was on Stitcher and there's no way she downloaded oh, that app. Oh yeah, okay. I would have been impressed. Uh, no decision, no experience, no learning mm. without risk. The lack of decisions and actions leads to the worst regrets in life. So the funny thing is, no matter how much you chase certainty, you'll never really be able to hold it or retain it. Okay. Certainty does not exist. It doesn't. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah? I am certain, Are you certain? I am certain that right now, I love you. Aww. There you go. Oh, Same. certainty does exist. If you want to win, you have to be willing to let others judge you. Yeah. That's a big part of this chapter. Yeah. Uh, he says, step forward and be judged. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. You could change your life overnight if you simply abandoned the notion that other people's opinions matter. Okay. I mean, the more I thought about it, the more it felt true. I mean, he's – listen, this guy is great. Well, that is, is a great. privileged perspective. It is. And because... also, this guy is great at doing what his introduction said, which is like a lot of – broad statements yeah. that are very placating yeah. and they're saying things that need yeah. to be said to groups of people yeah. who needed to hear it. <laughs> well, it's also like your life could change overnight if you simply abandon the notion that other people's opinions matter. In a lot of hiring contexts, other people's opinions do matter. So whether you yeah. want them to or not, they do. And but- in a lot of <clears throat> cultures, your family opinions and yeah. like, it, yes. it, 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 yeah. it's it's. It's not intersectional. But if we do a bit of a mental load here and say if we're talking only about internal barriers mm-hmm. with ourselves, that could be a cool shift. Yeah, yeah, I think it could. If if you truly are a people-pleasing and desperately seeking yeah. others' validation, yep. yes, that would yes. be an amazing cool shift. Yes. Remember, all of the successes, all of the experiences, all of the things you've always dreamed of are waiting for you in uncertainty. If you accept or once you accept this, it's not as scary as before. So when you stop searching for certainty, when you quit trying to make sense of everything, a lot of your stress will simply melt away. Life is an adventure. It's absolutely filled with opportunity. I embrace the uncertainty, which is this self-assertion. This one simple statement can completely change the way you live moment to moment to moment. The only thing that's guaranteed in life is that it's uncertain. The only thing we know is that we know nothing. So I – he's at a 50,000 foot level and I don't disagree. If you go below 20,000 feet, it's problematic. It is. Agreed. It's uncertain that I'll be able to make these Audi payments, but I'm going to do it. Yes. Or like uh, you could go, yeah, you're right. An earthquake could rock Los Angeles 10 seconds from now. And that home we bought that we thought we'd have for the next 50 years is gone. Mm -hmm. Right. So Again, take it with a grain of salt. Like this this book is perfect for, going to answer another one, somebody who's just diving into self-help, doesn't want a nuanced view, right. wants to feel a doesn't little empowered, do a, vision board, a little practical. But just maybe doesn't want to do stuff that's like <clears throat> internally. Somebody who doesn't want to think too hard. Who doesn't, hasn't seen a therapist, right? Like I guess, well, I guess, but I mean like they're, they're – are good nuggets to be gleaned from this. And also, it is not universally applicable. Yes. yes. Right? Yeah. So it's interesting because he's talking in universals and he's yet like, they're not. He's like a coach. <clears throat> yeah. He's like a coach to a toddler who's like, you fell down, but buddy, you got to get up because mm-hmm. you'll never walk. And this was one of those books where as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I turned it off and I was like, what? What did he say? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To me, that feels it feels a little Jensen Chero in yeah. that line. Maybe we should maybe we should introduce We should put them, them in, a, in a room and tell them that one comes out alive. And then we'll decide which book is better. I think the uh, the men from Glasgow. I, I will survive. Glasgow. I am a survivor. 
and keep on surviving. That's that Beyonce song. Okay. I am not my thoughts. I am what I do. I am. This is number chapter six. You are not defined by what's inside your head. You are what you do, Mm -hmm. your actions. Mm -hmm. No matter how hard you try, you're going to have the occasional negative thought. Maybe more than occasionally. Thanks, buddy. Maybe every day. Thanks, buddy. Maybe hundreds of times per day. Thanks, buddy. You change your life by doing, not by thinking about doing. Okay. So how doing changes your thinking. That's that subconscious Mm -hmm. shift. Mm -hmm. Doing gets you doing what you need to do. No, no, I hate him. This is he's trying to be Eckhart Tolle, and this is where he's saying things that need to be said in front of groups of people that need to be told what they need to do. But it is, ironically, also the quickest way to change your thoughts. When you can focus your attention on the action at hand, eventually your consciousness starts to get the idea. Five, four, three, two, one. Inaction breeds doubt and fear. This is what I'm going to say. To me, (laughs) the difference between Mel Robbins' book and this book is so starkly coming from white male privilege and and mediocre white male. I don't know. He's probably not mediocre. He's talked to thousands of people. Would he be so vague about his credentials if he really were? Do you know what I'm saying? Like she had, she had researched thousands of things and cited each one meticulously and backed it up with user experience. And and then he's like, do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, her book also feels like it's really diving deep into this one part of this book. You know yeah, what I mean? but you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like the approach from the different writers, yeah. it feels like she's constantly proving her worth, and he's like, "Take it from me." Yeah, and he's that a human bugs me. He's using from his human experience. Fuck him right in the mouth and his human mouth. <laughs> Glasgow, and I would, and, and I would. Let's get real. Let's get real. Lisa's willing to do up. what needs to be done. I am willing. I'm gonna um, don't look up, see what he looks like. Okay, but don't share your opinion with with our listeners because that's not tactful. Mm-hmm. Us not. objectifying Keep going. authors as dishy or not. Keep going. Listen, Matthew Paul Walker of Why We Sleep is quite attractive. <laughs> what is your face right now? Nothing. I have just seen a picture of Gary John Bishop. That's all. Okay. Don't share, don't share any opinions. I'm not sharing anything. Anyone who wants to think for themselves, why would you do that? Um, Google. Okay. So... Doing is ironically the quickest way to change your thoughts. Mm-hmm. When you focus your attention on the action at hand, mm-hmm. eventually your consciousness starts to get the idea. Mm-hmm. Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Act on the moment and in line with what the item in front of your face demands of you. Fuck how you feel. Act. Okay. This one time I was leading a workshop for presentation skills. And in the beginning we were all like, we put our biggest fears. I had them put their biggest fears on a piece of paper and throw it in the circle, crumpled up. And other people read it and we were all like, that's never going to happen. This woman's fear happened. She froze, she cried, and ran out of the room. And in the 10-plus years of me leading this workshop, that had never happened. To be fair, this was a week-long workshop, and she missed an awful lot. She did not set herself up for success. But acting doesn't always breed success or courage. Was was it written on that piece of paper, I'm afraid I will freeze up, cry, and she run out did. of the room? She did. And we hear that a lot. And so we're always like, and it's a friendly room. And so when somebody read that out, we were like, yeah, no way that's going to happen. And everybody was like, no way, no way, no way. And then she stood up, froze, cried, and ran out of the room. Oh. And we were like... That did happen, actually. You know what? It's okay. Like, it's okay. Oof. Nobody here hates her. It's all fine. But so I, that, that isn't always true. Yeah. 
again, this is <clears throat> my 50,000-foot summary yes, of his 50,000-foot book. You're doing great. But my point is he does have more specifics. Okay. And he, he also talks about, like, little small wins. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like if, you, if you're if you like, I, I've always wanted to be an author and I'm terrified to put pen to paper, it's like, okay. Write your write name on a piece sentences. of paper. Yes. Got it. What's the little actions you can take I that will that. breed okay. confidence, okay. right? Okay, okay. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy, blah, blah, blah. Change your life by changing your actions. That's the only way. Okay. Okay. Uh, chapter seven's self-assertion is I am relentless. I am relentless. I am relentless. Our biggest successes are born out of discomfort, uncertainty, and risk. I ouch. hated it. I hated it. Ouch, indeed. No, just out of the discomfort. Oh, ouch. Ouch, the ouch. uncertainty. What? And the risk. I Yeah. <laughs> He says, this part I like, it's only true if you agree. The only question is whether you agree with what you can and cannot do. Okay. Um, an opinion only becomes true when you accept it and stop acting on your potential. Blazing the relentless trail. Relentlessness doesn't mean charging into the fray head first, swinging and flailing your arms mm-hmm. every which way. Mm-hmm. It's focused, determined action again and again and again. You're not bashing your fist against a brick wall until it's bloody and bruised. You're using your hammer and chisel to slowly, methodically chip away piece by piece until eventually there's a hole. This is like athletes who break world records. This right. is what this reminds me of. Or like you can never – we can't – humans can't run a mile below four minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah. And they're the just hell, out the there doing I, teeny well, tiny one percent right. increases. Yes. Uh, self-assertion number eight, chapter eight. I expect nothing and accept everything. Oh, disappointment is unmet expectation. Okay, right. The trick is to accept reality as it comes and deal with it without emotional bias. Agree. I also agree, but that's one of those statements that requires ten fucking years of therapy and work. Yeah. It's powerful, it's true, and it's so hard to do. Yeah, you have to get rid of your ego for it. How? Well, Eckhart Tolle, come on the podcast. Your therapist. Love what you already have. Be in control of your emotional state. Oh, okay. All right. Um, dispute your beliefs. Dispute how you interpret things. Mm-hmm. Accept and act and own your reactions. Mm-hmm. Expecting the unexpected. Your powerlessness is directly correlated to the gap between your hidden expectations and your reality. Mind the gap. The greater the gap, the worse you'll actually feel. Yep, that's fair. Cutting out the middleman of expectation. Many of the difficulties and complications in your life are the direct result of expectations that you have or have had. Our minds would love to predict and plan for everything that's going to happen, but it's simply not possible. All these expectations not only have a negative effect on our emotional state, they actually leave us less powerful than we really could be. It's so much more effective to simply take things as they present themselves, to live in the moment like there's another moment you could live in anyway, and to solve issues and items as they arise than to constantly expect. Mm -hmm. The only problem with this is our minds are prediction machines. Well, that's how we stay alive. That's how we stay alive. So he is asking us to go against our biology. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there is a bit of like, I hope no one, if you're attempting to do this and just like take things as they come, I hope you don't judge yourself for having disappointment. Again, this is the 50,000 foot. And maybe he does in more detail than you're covering, but like it it would. It's a three and a half hour audio book. There's not that much more detail. So it would behoove him to give specific examples. Like here's how you take things as they come at work. Here's how you take things as they come in relationships. Yes. And he does tend to give examples every single chapter. I don't have any specific written down for this one, but like. 
Yes. It, when you keep it general and vague, it's like a politician. Keep something general and vague. And then when you get into the weeds, you're like, Babies oh, are great. Bad. Who's going to disagree with that? Babies shit everywhere. Life is more of a dance than a march. We value the notion that we freely choose what we do and when to do it. We want to feel that we control our own fate and shape our own destiny. But when our minds are ruled by these automatic thought processes, do we really have free will? Many would argue that we don't. Mm. When you expect nothing, you're living in the moment. You're not worrying about the future or rejecting the past. The next time you catch yourself getting brought down by your expectations, shift things in a different direction. Instead of getting your knickers in a twist about how things didn't turn out the way you wanted or expected them to, simply accept them for what they are. In that moment, you are now freed up to deal with them. So it's vague. That reminds me of um, a subtle art of not giving a fuck accountability versus responsibility. Uh Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, again, it's like you may not be responsible for the situation, but you are responsible for how you respond. Right. Um, When you are free from life's expectations, you are in a dance with life. You are rich. You are rich. Beyond belief. Uh, You're in a dance with life. Where you can simply execute the plan and deal with what happens. Mm -hmm. If it succeeds, you can celebrate. If it fails, you can recalibrate. Okay. Which I liked. Chapter nine, where next? In order to improve your internal world. what's my affirmation? There's not. Oh. We're done. We did them. I did. I am affirmed. I am self-assertive. I am affirmed. I am a podcast host. (laughs) I am a weekly buffer. I am a hairy coo. That's where that comes from. It comes from Scotland. They call cows hairy coos. Glasgow. Hugo. <laughs> so where next? You're welcome. Where do I go next? Um, in order to improve your internal world, you have to start by taking action in the external world. Okay. You're going to die. Thank you. Future you is not going to... Why are to you reg- grabbing my face? <laughs> Future you is not going to regret a lack of achievement or the absence of any one thing in your life. The only thing you will regret is not trying, not striving, not pushing through when the going got tough. You won't regret not making a million dollars. You'll regret never starting that business or quitting that lousy job. All right. Eh. Stop buying yourself off. I mean... Listen, from the upside of your dark side, Mm -hmm. we know that we are terrible at predicting our future states. Yes. So I don't know that I won't regret making a million dollars. I wish everyone could see the smug, just very attitudinal, like, neck. Nope. Stop. She's making obscene gestures, you guys. I love it. Are you done? Are you through? Okay. Uh, Stop buying yourself off. Successful people don't wait. I know it sounds hot. Mm -hmm. They're not waiting for the right moment. They don't wait for inspiration to strike or for some cosmic event to force them to take action. They get up and they do and they try and they fail even before they may feel ready. Stop blaming your past. People become trapped in their past, trapped in their childhood. It's one of the many reasons we tell ourselves that we can't. It's an easy way to relieve yourself of the responsibility you have for your current circumstances. Two steps to freedom. Mm-hmm. First step. One. Stop doing what you're currently doing. Okay. So what will it be? Netflix? Taking care of my kids. Going to work. Or 
not taking care of my kids. <laughs> or moving to Switzerland on my own and hoping for the best. Oh, I see what you're saying. Two steps to freedom. Stop doing what you're currently doing. So right. what will it be? Netflix or a better paying career? Oh, geez. Like it's sort, it's sort of like, are you going to stay comfortable or are you going to push for uncertainty? But I also love that the options are either I watch another season of RuPaul's Drag Race or I have a better paying career. It's just that Every, simple. Everyone cancels their Netflix subscriptions and automatically gets a 40% raise. And everyone on in Netflix is suddenly out of a job. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, The second step towards freedom, start taking the actions to propel you forward. If you want a new job, go out and apply for one. You are what you do, not what you say you'll do. Stopping your bad habit doesn't help unless you replace it with something else, something that actually works in your favor and is an example of the new kind of life you really want to live. It's about systematically replacing the old with new, forging a new life for yourself, the kind of life you've always wanted. So I like I like because you can't just you can just be like, okay, I'm not doing that thing anymore. It's like, cool, we'll replace it with something. Yep. Yep. And what was I think it was digital minimalism talked about replacing you're never actually going to be able to like quit social media or have a purge unless you replace the dopamine you're getting with high quality leisure activities. Like you cocaine. can't just stop exactly <clears throat> piles of cocaine. Get out of your head. I am relentless doesn't mean relentlessly thinking or watching TV. (laughs) It means relentlessly doing, relentlessly taking action, pursuing your goals, acting and failing, and ultimately succeeding. This isn't just about seizing the day. This is about seizing the moment, the hour, the week, the month. This is about seizing your fucking life and sticking a claim for yourself as though your life depended on it. Oh, my God. It does. There's benefit in being mindless, though. There is radical downtime. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that is unfook yourself. Great job. Get out of your head and into your life by Gary John Bishop. Obviously, can't cover every single thing in the book. Especially chapter 10 about the author. Thank you. Um, if, <laughs> but if you want uh, to learn more or buy the book, you can go to garyjohnbishop.com. That'll be in show notes. I applaud you. You Thank did you. a great job. You Thank also you. covered who this book was perfect for. You also covered what was right and what was wrong. Yes. We've covered that it's a practical pat. Yeah. Um. Tell me, did this book need to be written? Uh, Your hesitation gives me a hint. I don't think so. Okay. Here's what I'll say. It is a much shorter, lighter version of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. But I feel like The Subtle Art covered more of these topics more in depth with more research you know what I mean? I don't. Yeah. I, I, now you read all... slash listen to both of them from the from the listening side. Yes. They are very different. This yeah. is may, way more. You are a badass to me. Yeah, I. I. It just feels like he isn't. He's not coming up with anything radically new at no. all. No, but it is a summation with a certain point of view. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. Yeah. Um, so so I I don't think so. I okay. don't think it was an absolutely necessary book to be written. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're really reminding me of Jen Garner right now. You have the strong Jen Garner vibes, and she's like one of my favorites. I say thank you. You're doing great. I say thank you. Um, what, what, if anything, did you apply from this book, and what is my homework? Oh, yeah. Um, I really liked uh, – what I tried to start doing is in my thought patterns have um, those those – what was it called? Narrative self-talk versus uh-huh. assertive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So I tried to start saying I am. Yeah. Not like I will – do you cafe gratitude at it? I cafe gratitude attitude at it. So that is actually what I want you to do for your homework. I am ready. <clears throat> I am willing. I am able. I am grateful. I am horny. <laughs> what? You you too? 
Lisa, why'd you say that in my voice? It's so weird. <laughs> um, great. That sounds great. Yeah, and just see, I just want you to pay attention to like, did, did did you feel more motivated? Did it make you want to spring into action in the moment? Do you notice a difference? Don't you? Did it make me want to seek this man out and kill him? Gary John Bishop. Anyway. Uh, did ya? I'm curious for anybody who's read this book, <clears throat> did it really work for you? Did yeah, it change your mind? Please tell you us. It? And did also, it unfuck yourself? I honestly feel like this book is, this book is good for like teens coming like in even college? though it has like oh college sure uh, yeah, yeah yeah no i like to give unfook this to like yourself. a 12 year old who, who like wants a seven to year old book yeah, 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 yeah unfook yeah. yourself because it is it's so simple that before you have all the layers of complex critical thinking yeah. and unpacked layers of privilege etc this might really resonate in a way that could be helpful and empowering i love that you know what i mean so like this is a good book for like a no-nonsense 20-year-old, maybe. Yeah. Right? I love that. Yeah. Okay. Let well, us, anyway. Listen, everybody, write us. Tell us what you think. And may unfucking yourself be, be abundant. abundant. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at ghypodcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.